you know, highly competitive states, when you think about coming to New York, where it is more of a limited license state, it gives you a real opportunity, as you said, to grow the business, but also grow the brand. You've obviously got a huge social influence that New York has on the rest of the country, if not the world. You've got Wall Street there, right? So bankers are enjoying your product on the weekends. That's that's not a bad thing of just kind of spreading the, and growing the brand. From the PodConnect studios, high in the Rockies at the beautiful Beaver Creek Resort, it's the Raising Cannabis Capital Show. Today on MJ Bulls, we are continuing the fifth annual Cannabis Investor Series, sponsored by PodConnects, the cannabis industry's exclusive cannabis podcast that actually allows cannabis companies to advertise. Go to podconnects.com to connect to more cannabis listeners. On today's show, we're joined by Mark Sims, the president and CEO of Riv Capital. Mark, welcome to the show. Hey, Dan. Thanks for having me. I'm glad you could join us. I, I should also welcome you to the cannabis industry because before joining the cannabis industry, you had a long career as a senior vice president of strategies and mergers at Scott's Miracle Grow. And you moved over to take the reins of Riv Capital. What prompted this move? Well, I'm sure all your uh, in listeners know that them from the lawn and garden industry. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, 150 year old brand in lawn and garden, but back in 2015, they got into the cannabis industry, but selling the, the very things that they've sold to consumers. So fertilizer, dirt, things of that na- nature. And then they got into lights, fans, filters. And so they were a, a major, or they are a major player in distributing kind of the input supplies for the cannabis industry. But as we looked at it, we said, you know, that's nice. That That's a, a nice margin and a great growth business. But really, it's the branded side of consumer packaged goods that makes all the money, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's great that you're selling fertilizer to the hops growers, but it's the beer guys that make all the money. And so Scott started looking at how do they get into the branded side of things. And then over a couple of years, I should be able to figure out a way to provide a investment into the cannabis space. And we had Riv Capital was the partner, $150 million convertible note that technically Scott's doesn't own any of Riv shares today, but they can convert that up for uh, 42% of the outstanding shares. Mm-hmm. And then that gave us capital uh, along with capital that Riv already had to go and, and look for investments in the plant touching space. I see. And, and kind of once we did that, they asked me to move over to, to run it. Well, it sounds like a really good match. I mean, you take the Riv Capital, who formerly was known as Canopy Rivers, ton of experience in the cannabis industry, and then they and then you have Scotts that has a ton of experience in lawn and garden, and you bring in somebody like you whose expertise is in mergers and acquisitions. That's sort of the all the ingredients are in place right now, and the plan is to build out the leading CPG platform? Is that the plan? Yeah, I mean, the way we think about it, so our initial investment is in New York, where we acquired both one of the uh, 10 uh, RO licenses, registered organization Mm -hmm. licenses, which allows us to operate in all the segments of the business from, you know, genetics all the way into retail. And and so that's kind of a a platform that's going to be great for the ETAME brand that we also acquired, but also 
it's our desire to bring other brands uh, from com- states that have a much more competitive environment Mm -hmm. and for brands that are competing and winning in the likes of California, Colorado, Michigan, even as well as, you know, some brands that may be competing and winning on the the black market side. Uh, Mm -hmm. Those are potential as they want to kind of move over, potentially bring them into New York and give them a platform to grow. Wow. I mean, a lot of people will consider New York potentially one of the largest markets, at least in the States, even bigger than California, potentially. And you sound like that's you, you're all in on New York. Then it's it sounds like that's really where you're planting your flag, and that's where you're going. Yeah, we've committed a ton of capital, obviously, just in acquiring the the E-Tain business, but also we're using capital to build out or expand the existing facility that they had, so that the size of the facility will triple. Wow. And then we're also we announced that we are going to build a. a what we call our flagship facility. It's a 68,000 square foot indoor facility in Buffalo, New York. That is going to be kind of a premier indoor growing environment that we can produce really high quality flour for New York. Wow. I, I, you're, you're, I'm loving it because I'm, as people on the listen to this show know, I'm a Buffalo guy. I grew up in Buffalo, spent my life in Buffalo. Go Bills. So this is great. Great news for the community. I'm sure everybody is excited about having you in Buffalo. That's for sure. Yeah, you know, the, the, that's one of the things that this partner that we are working with, uh, a development partner, they had the land and they had done a lot of the groundwork with, uh, you know, the city and, and all the constituents in Buffalo. And the city couldn't have done more to just embrace kind of what they want to do with respect to not only RIV specifically, but more in general, that they want to be player in the cannabis industry in the state of New York. So really a great opportunity and great partnerships that we have in, in the community. And the best people up there, you're going to be so happy with your with your staff up there, the best people in the world. Let's talk about those companies that you're looking to move to New York State. How will that look? Will it make some acquisitions? Will you do funding? What are some of the options? If there were the potential to acquire some brands, I think we'd be interested. I, I think what we found is a lot of the these really kind of uh, operators that are competing and winning, they're not in a position where yet where they want to sell, but they do want to expand. So it, the way we think about it is there's a big spectrum. You could have an outright acquisition or you could have an outright license deal. We're really kind of somewhere in the middle where mm-hmm. as we approach partners, we talk about obviously kind of licensing the brand, the know-how, the genetics for use in New York and and potentially be, you know, the optionality for beyond, but also the components of the deals that we talk about also have an investment component where we want to invest in their business. What we don't want to have is a situation where three, three years, whatever, they've built their business and then they move on and find a, a different licensed partner or they just kind of move on their own. So really want to kind of have that connected tissue where you know, as they grow bigger and we help them grow bigger, we kind of participate in the upside. There's also the the aspect of a lot of folks need growth capital. And so it, helping them grow the brand either in their home state or beyond is also helpful for the brand in general, which which kind of helps everything. So really, it's it's really that kind of the middle tier where there's an investment component in addition to just a straight brand licensing deal. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, most brands have a ultimate goal of becoming national, and it's pretty hard to be a national brand if you're not in New York State. <laughs> you can't make it there. You can't make it anywhere, right? 
No, that's a, that's a great point. And, you know, the, again, a lot of the, the brands, when you talk to that are competing and winning and in, in kind of, you know, highly competitive states, when you think about coming to New York, where it is more of a limited license state, it gives you a real opportunity, as you said, to grow the business, but also grow the brand. You've obviously got a huge social influence that New York has on the rest of the country, if not the world. You've got Wall Street there, right? So bankers are enjoying your product on the weekends. That's that's not a bad thing of just kind of spreading the and growing the brand. Now a lot let's let's shift switch gears here for a second. A lot of our listeners are a little sour on cannabis stocks because of the volatility. And Riff Capital is a publicly traded company. You're trading on the Canadian Stock Exchange. Why is now a good time for investors to get back in? Well, I, I think it's really interesting that here we sit on December 7th because we have the safe banking. So when you think about what's a potential catalyst for the whole industry, probably coming into 2022, a lot of folks were talking about, well, we need the politicians to do something. It took them all year. But it looks like there's there's maybe a shot. Again, I'm not going to go here on record to say that it's absolutely getting done because I'm not going to bet that the politicians can can thread the needle that well. But, you know, we, we heard it's probably not going to get attached to the defense bill just for for various reasons. But there's a, a great shot that it can get attached to the omnibus bill. So, again, as your listeners think about time to get in, I think that's going to be a, definitely a, a key event in a lot of the stocks lagging upwards with that safe banking. But then I think it opens up a tremendous opportunity. So, you know, safe banking on its surface, and again, I haven't seen the, the bill, but the, the earlier versions, it really only fixes the transactional banking piece. So it doesn't like cure all ills. It doesn't mean Morgan's, JP Morgan's gonna start investing in cannabis. But what it does do, in my opinion, is it's the initial crack in the glass, right? So if you're giving these tra- these banks safe harbor from a transactional perspective, other folks are going to look and say, well, gee, why don't I get safe harbor? If you're an insurance company, you're going to say, why don't I get safe harbor? And why can't I approach that? If you're a professional services firm and you're trying to sell audit services, why can't you say, I don't, why don't I get safe harbor? And so I think it's that crack that all these other industries start to come in. And as other industries come in, additional capital will come in. Ideally, you'll see multiples expand, but you also have growth capital that allows a lot of these businesses that are capital constrained today to have the the fuel to invest in their businesses, and, you know, build bigger moats, whatever you want to call it. And so I think it's a, you know, could be an exciting time. Now, if SAFE doesn't get passed, I think then you, you need to be very selective and kind of you know, where you where you put your dollars, but there's definitely opportunities as folks continue to uh, grow their businesses. And I think a lot of the MSOs, including ourselves, you're really trying to be as efficient with our, our dollars that we're spending as possible. Yeah. Well, like I you say a lot of times, the industry will never be smaller than it is today. It's only growing. It's only growing. A lot of states are going to pass legalization laws there's yeah. just the potential is there there's going to be less less money going to the illicit market it's going to happen and so yeah. you know now might be the best time who knows well we're going to have all riff capital informations in our show notes so if you're a cannabis company that's looking for funding or maybe to be acquired or maybe to get to 
to join Riv in New York State, I'm sh or you're an investor. Uh, don't you know? Take a look at the Riv stock. I'm sure it's. I'm sure if you uh, click the links in the show notes, somebody from Mark's team will be there to help. Mark, this is exciting stuff. I'm glad you're in Buffalo. I'm really. <laughs> I like you a lot better now, even better than before. So thanks oh. for thanks for your investment well, in Buffalo. I, That's I'm, great. I am a Browns fan, though. So you know, I, there's only so many things we can agree on, Dan. <laughs> uh, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Well, Mark, thanks for being on the show today. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, this is Cheryl Murray Powell Esquire, and I'm the host of the Terps in the City podcast. I am a cannabis agricultural dietary supplement and trade attorney. I'm also a hemp farmer, and I've been recently named to the list of High Times Magazine's top 100 influencers in cannabis. I'm inviting you to follow me along my journey as I move back to New York to support the adult use market there. You're going to get a chance to listen to conversations with some of my friends along the way. I look forward to seeing you at Terps in the City.